You're a fan of podcasts. You're listening to them all the time. Isn't it time for you to put your message out there, your own podcast? You're going to learn all about that right here on the Scale or Fail show. Welcome to the Scale or Fail show. I am Allison Maslin. I am your host. I'm a business growth expert and what I love doing on this show is highlighting experts that are making amazing things happen in the world to give you strategies to kind of give you the shortcut so that you can turn your dreams into reality right now instead of just talking about it forever. And I have someone on the guest uh, as a guest on the show today that is a dear friend of mine and talk about shortcutting for those of you that are ready to have your own podcast or maybe you have one and nobody's listening. <laughs> this show is going to be for you. So Steve Ulsher is known as the world's foremost reinvention expert. Famous for helping individuals and corporations become exceptionally, exceptionally clear on their what. That is the one thing they were created to do. His practical no-holds-barred approach propels his clients towards massive profit while helping them cultivate a life of purpose, really doing what they love with their what. How would that change your life? And Steve has been an entrepreneur for 25 years. He's been doing this for a while. He has a New York Times best-selling book called What Is Your What? We're going to talk a little bit about that today. He has his own podcast that is like number one rated called Reinvention Radio and Beyond Eight Figures. He's an international speaker. He just, he's everywhere. He's all things. Welcome. <laughs> Steve sure. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm really excited to have you here. And you've been on the show before. I have. I want to say at least once and maybe even twice. Actually, I was thinking about that. I think so. You were one of my first guests back in, was it 2010 or 11? It's been a while. You had your studio out in Carlsbad maybe or wherever it was. Yeah, yeah, before like people even used the word podcasting, right? We were, it was like a live stream sort of thing. It we was were kind of calling. in those embryonic stages of all that, that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you were living in Chicago, you mm -hmm. came here and you've just done some amazing things. So. And I'm you excited. convinced me to move here, and now I live in San Diego I know, as, of, as of 2014. It's so all thank my you for fault. <laughs> I know. I know your family came uh, kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming, I know. But, you know, you yeah. guys in Chicago right now, what is it, like below zero? Well, it's, you know, it's Chicago. You never know which, it, like six months out of the year, Chicago is one of the best places on earth to live. You just never know which six months of the year it's going to be. Like, that's just kind of how Chicago is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's a great city, but we are glad you're here. Me too. And so um, you have, I, I really want to get into podcasting today because yeah. it's so hot. Um, I know that I'm listening to podcasts all the time. It's mm -hmm. a great way to grow, get educated, uh, grow sure. your business, grow a garden, whatever you want to <laughs> do. Um, so, but before we do that, I just want to talk about, because, you know, your what is now the podcasting, but you have helped so many people uh, figure out their what. Yeah. And um, so what prompted you to start on that path? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a question that I've really struggled with for all of my adult life anyway, which is how, how am I naturally wired to excel? You know, like what, what truly puts fire in, in my soul? And so it's, it's been that ongoing struggle. And when I tried the Myers-Briggs and the what color is your parachutes and the, you know, strengths finders and so on, I mean, a lot of those modalities just left me with more questions than answers. Yeah. And so in author land, and maybe this is something you can relate to, they say you write the book that you most need. And that's really what, what is your what is reflective of, is creating a very simple framework that anyone can use to hit the ground running to really figure out what it is that they can do, that they can make money at, and that they, you know, they, they really will serve those people who they're most compelled to serve. Right. And so, you know, I wouldn't say that my, my what is podcasting necessarily, but I would say that podcasting is definitely a vehicle that I use to share my what of helping people discover, share, and monetize theirs. Yes. If that makes sense. I love it. Yeah, it's a medium. It's a medium, exactly. And But don't you think the what is kind of evolving and changing all the time? We change and evolve all the time. And so what's interesting, though, is so in the what is your what framework, there's three specific uh, pieces of the puzzle, if you will. There's the core gift, which I don't think that changes throughout your life. I think your core gift is what it is. I mean, you're either, your core gift might be teaching, it might be healing, it might be communicating, it might be enrolling or protecting or one of those things. I, I think that's really in your in your DNA. Yes. And if I was a smart guest, I would have actually brought a copy of my book and then I would show you the cover of the book. We gotta work on your I marketing know. strategy. <laughs> I gotta market myself better. But on the cover is the DNA strand. Mm -hmm. Because I do believe that your gift, which is one piece of the puzzle, really has chosen you as opposed to that which you have chosen. Right. But the other two pieces, I think, are more fluid, are more organic, more evolving, because then you have the vehicle that you use to share that gift. Yeah. And then the third piece are the people and the people that you're most compelled to serve. Mm -hmm. So it's the combination of the gift, the vehicle, and the people that make up the what is your what framework. The second piece and the third piece, again, a little more organic, can evolve over time. But your gift, I mean, I, again, I think that's pretty much static throughout your life. Yeah. So we're not going to go too much into that today, but definitely check out that book. And, you know, I think uh, as a business owner, and you and I were just talking about this, we're in our ninth year of, of this business that I'm running. And, you know, you're always evolving. You're always looking at, you know, what's working dropping what's not, um, getting clear on you know the value of your time and where is the best use of your time and yeah. what lights you up, yeah. right? What does excite you? So I think that's pertin pertinent always. Yeah, and, and I will say as it relates to podcasting, you know, there's obviously two sides of the microphone. You have the side of the microphone where you are a, a host yeah. and you can have your own show much like you, know, you do here in this medium, or you can be a guest. Right? So you don't even need your own show necessarily to take full advantage of everything the medium has to offer. But what I will say is that you have to be really clear on the value that you bring to the table and what audiences are going to get out of your appearance, whether you're a host or a guest. Mm -hmm. right? So as you look at your business and you look at you know, how are you going to evolve and perhaps take advantage of everything that this medium has to offer, you just got to be really clear on what your topic of influence is, which yeah. is what you focus on that two or three or four word description and then what are the relevant shows where they're already talking about what it is that puts fire in your soul or if you started your own show 
just making sure that it focuses on that piece because ultimately podcasting above and beyond anything else is great for visibility, but what it's really designed for is generating highly targeted, no-cost leads. Mm -hmm. And if you do what we teach you to do, then you can turn every visibility opportunity through podcasting into revenue. Right. right. So a few really important pieces of the puzzle there, but I think you get the gist of what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about that sure. a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll get back to that. And let's talk about just podcasting as a medium today, mm -hmm. because it was sort of, you know, I don't know, like five years ago, you were hearing more and more about it. Yeah. Now it's just, it's constant. I mean, people are almost listening to more podcasting than they are talk shows on television. And so, why why do you feel like it's such an effective medium? Yeah, um, so let's let's address the sort of the growth question first, okay. right? In terms of why podcasting is, and, and some people would argue this is like a resurgence, and others would say that it's all brand new. But either way, no matter how you slice it, I mean, the number of people who were listening to podcasts, if we have like sort of hockey stick growth, if you will, I mean, it was always kind of here, maybe a little bit of a spike, but it's never like this in terms of what we're seeing today. And, and I think there's, there's one fundamental reason why we're starting to see so much money being poured into the medium and people like NPR going all in and the New York Times and Washington Post and iHeartRadio and so on. Yeah. And that's because technology has really finally caught up to demand yeah. in terms of podcast consumption. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to remember back, and people have been talking about podcasting for a long time, right? But back in the day, you had to go through a number of steps to try to access a show. I'm not gonna bore folks with details here, but just know if you wanna to listen to a podcast, it wasn't just as simple as what it is now, yeah. which is a push of a button on your phone, right? I mean, once the podcast icon got added to the iPhone, that really helped a lot. But what's really moving the needle even more so now is the car, right? From the yeah. standpoint of Google CarPlay and Apple CarPlay are becoming standard features on most cars. 250 million cars are rolling off the assembly line in the next five years with Wi-Fi as a standard feature. Which means that when you have Apple CarPlay or Google CarPlay, now when you look at the dashboard of a car, and you guys probably have cars that look like this, or if you don't, you will. I mean, literally the podcast icon yeah. is, is right there. Yeah. And so it, believe it or not, it's actually now easier in most vehicles to access podcasts than it is to access AM or FM radio. Mm -hmm. So podcasting in a lot of ways is kind of like the new broadcasting, if you will. Mm -hmm. And everyone can have their own broadcast channel where literally the push of a button uh, on the dashboard of your car or on your phone gives you the same sort of reach, but globally mm -hmm. that a local radio station used to have, right? Yeah. So that's, that's part of what's going on there. But then the other piece of the puzzle is that podcasting falls under the category of what I would call a pull medium. Mm -hmm. So like traditional broadcast television, that's a push media, like a newspaper is a push media, mm -hmm. right? In other words, a small group of people decide what's going to be featured on that particular platform, at what time, who it's going to feature, right. et cetera, et cetera. And you turn on the channel and it's there and you say, okay, I'll watch that. Yeah. Or you change the channel or you turn the page, right? If it's a newspaper with podcasting and I, I liken it to, so you do email marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So do you have a 100% email open rate? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> would you like to have a 100% oh email open God. rate? Yeah. Can you imagine what We're that would do? We're far from that. Do you have a 100% email click-through rate? No. No, of course not. No. <laughs> so the point I mean, being, that's also like saying, does a doctor have a 100% 
curate. Right. It, well, and the point being that when somebody pulls the episode and they listen to it, mm -hmm. they're basically raising their hand. They're saying, I want to hear that. So mm -hmm. it's like the equivalent of having a 100% email open rate and a 100% right. email click-through rate. That's So even if the numbers are small, you know, and the smallest of shows have hundreds of downloads. Yeah. Most shows have thousands or tens of thousands. And some of the bigger shows, of course, have hundreds of thousands and millions of downloads per month. But even the smaller shows, think about it this way. Would you, would you speak in front of an audience where there were just, let's say, 100 people who would raise their hand and say, I absolutely want to hear what Allison has to say, right? Mm -hmm. would, would you take oh, that yeah. speaking gig? Of mm -hmm. course you would. Mm -hmm. So the other way to think about it is like mm, thousands of free stages, yeah. right? Podcasts are like the equivalent of thousands upon thousands of free stages. Yeah. You know, it's, we've been doing this show week after week, year after year, and, you know, I'm staring right now um, at Ryan, our cameraman. <laughs> so... You know, and we know people are watching and we do, we do live shows, we rebroadcast our shows, and it's true. And I, it's fun when you hear from people how they feel about the show, mm -hmm. you know, but you're not, that's not always, you're not like always seeing that sea of people out there. Well, in, in, and if there is one downside of the medium, it is that yeah. from the standpoint of at least with email, you know who's opening the email, right? Yeah. It, it may only be... 10 per, like once you get over 100,000 people, if you get a 10% yeah. open rate, yeah. yeah, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. But then you can look at the reports and you can say, okay, this person clicked on it, opened it, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? With podcasting, and this is the double-edged sword of it, one of the reasons why the medium is exploding is because it is an anonymous medium. Yeah. From the standpoint of, number one, if we're on a bus or, you know, just kind of hanging out together at the beach, I mean, what, like and you're listening to something, I don't know what you're listening to. Right. So you literally have that freedom of anonymity. Yeah, which, which barely exists anymore. Right? Yeah. So you can listen to whatever you want mm -hmm. without your, everyone knowing what you're doing. But at the same token, that anonymity creates issues for the host and the guest. Yeah, tracking things. Tracking things because we don't necessarily know who is hearing it. We can yeah. see the numbers but we don't necessarily know who that is. So you have to bounce people into your ecosystem mm -hmm. so that you can then have an ongoing dialogue with them moving forward. Right, yeah. Well, um, it, it's exciting and it's been, you know, we've been doing this consistently year after year, week after week, and I've loved it. And I have met the most amazing people, including you, that's how we met. We did. Um, through this show. Yeah, there's you know? something very powerful about having your own platform and there are some folks who just frankly don't love video, you know? Yeah. I mean, you've got lights and Ryan and, you know, you look amazing, you know, but it takes a yeah. little bit of effort to do all of this. Whereas with podcasting, you know, it's auditory. You, yeah. you can do a video podcast, but the majority of podcasts are consumed just simply from an auditory standpoint. So you can you can be a guest on a show for sure yeah in your pajamas no hair no makeup no yeah. travel the whole yeah. nine and pluses to that for and if sure. you want to have your own show I mean you can do it the same way yeah so there's there are a lot of advantages I mean all of this is is great but you can literally get started with the three M's I mean yeah. you got a mouth you got a message you got a microphone you can either have your own show or you can be a guest on other people's shows yeah and you know we this show we have as a video podcast and an audio podcast yeah. 
But I do think probably one of the big reasons why it has exploded is that it is so easy to start a show. It is, and of course, that becomes the other double-edged sword in terms of barrier to entry. When the barrier to entry is really low, then what ends up happening is you have, you know, like yourself, I mean, you, you take great pride in everything that you produce and the content that you create and what you put out for public consumption. Let's just say there are a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> who may not have um, that, that same level of excellence that you demand in what you do, right? So that barrier to entry being really low has also hurt the medium to some extent. Right. Because if someone's listening to a podcast for the first time and they stumble on the show and the audio sounds horrible and the, and the interviewer has no clue what they're doing and the, and the guest maybe is just kind of fumbling, like it's, it's not going to be a great experience. Yeah. So yeah. and, that's and also, where it gets interesting too. Yeah. I also think too is it takes a lot of discipline. Uh, I had John Lee Dumas on the show a, a while back and he said that the average person that starts a podcast does it seven times and then stops. Now I don't know if that stat has changed. Yeah. But you know, you might get frustrated because people aren't listening, nobody's downloading, but there were a lot of people a lot of shows we did in the beginning, nobody was listening. Yeah, you know, I, and and I will say that pod fade, which is the term, is is a re, it's a it's a oh, real it's a phenomenon. Term. Pod fade, yes, and <laughs> and look, you know, there are six hundred thousand podcasts right now, with two thousand new shows being launched every single week. Wow. So I mean, on the surface, you would think, oh, that's a huge number. But when you compare that to the five billion websites, that's you know, true. it's a very small number. But the the truth is, of course, of those two thousand new shows that are launched, the six hundred thousand that exist, you have a lot of people who will just fade out. And you I have wonder, a, from the two thousand, what is it? What percentage? It's a staggering think? number. It, like the last number I heard was about ninety percent. Wow. Because yeah. it's not an if you build it, they will come. Yeah. It's not like you can't just launch a show and then expect people just to be like, oh, I found this show. Like, it's just not that yeah. simple. Like, like business, right? Like I business. Mean, you can't just put out a few social media posts and expect to have people banging on your door. And yeah. it is that consistency. In fact, I remember um, we had John Asaroff on the show. This is many years ago, and he's been on in a couple times since. But this is when we were in a big studio at a television station, and it was live stream. And I interviewed him, it was an amazing show. And then we found out that, as I then was on an airplane and landed in Denver, that it never went live. Ooh. I mean, it, it never went live. Nobody, so clearly nobody was listening because nobody texted <laughs> us to tell us, you're not on, you're yeah. not on. And um, uh, then they forgot to hit record. So <sighs> we didn't even have it was really yeah. it was one of those phone calls you hate to make. Right. Like, I mean, I, I kind of like in it. Like, if you think about it, like there are office buildings in around San Diego, and you could have a beautiful suite on the thirteenth floor of this big, beautiful office tower. But just because you have this beautiful suite on the thirteenth floor in office, like that doesn't mean it. No one's gonna find you. Yeah. Like that's just like having all of the legwork done and creating this, you know, this big beautiful piece of content is really just a small piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it so, all goes hand in hand. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, 
getting your podcast out there and you have resources we're going to talk about that in a little bit so do not go anywhere because if you're interested in launching your own podcast you want to stay on so we can um, give you uh, you're going to have a resource to know how to do from A to Z your own own podcast yeah. or just being a guest or on the show right on, yeah make it on. even easier yeah, yeah exactly sure. so don't go anywhere um, so you're up and running you have a podcast how do those people get to number one? Like, what what is the what yeah. needs to happen? Um, you need today. Yes, is very different. Like, I will tell you this, and like with all due respect to John, and with you know some of the other shows that were absolutely the beneficiaries of great timing. If those exact shows were to launch today, they would have a really hard time getting to the same sort of numbers that they're at now, because there's something called the ascending spiral in podcasting. Mm-hmm. The ascending spiral being, you know, when you think about the primary distribution channels, iTunes mostly is the, you know, the 800-pound gorilla, and then Stitcher and Spotify and SoundCloud and some of the other channels uh, where you can access shows. If you, if you think about how those shows get found when they just come out of the gate, most of them, when they're an NPR show or an iHeartRadio show or, a, you know, Ron Burgundy, right, Will Ferrell came out with the show, yeah. like... They're pumping people over to that show from other platforms. And they're dropping a hell of a lot of money into it in order to get the visibility that they need in order for that show to end up on the charts. And then what happens, once they end up on the charts, people see the charts. Right. So people see the the charts, they listen to the show, they start rating, they start reviewing, they start subscribing. As soon as those things happen, they continue to go up in the rankings. They go up in the rankings, more people find them more ratings, more reviews, more subscriptions, they stay in the ranking. So breaking into that ascending spiral for the average Joe or Jane, yeah, really, really hard. Yeah. So you gotta be so diligent about leveraging other tools, if you will, yeah. in order to be found. And the same holds true if you're a guest on a show. I mean, you're not just gonna show up on a, on a, on a show and, and just leave it alone. Yeah. You gotta be really diligent about, and this is where the discipline piece comes in. You know, I mean, just in the same way that you have to be disciplined about releasing content, you have to be disciplined about marketing content Mm -hmm. and doing so through all of the available channels. Yeah, I was on um, for my book, Scale or Fail, that came out last fall, and we did so many interviews, and podcasting was phenomenal for the book. Absolutely. But definitely, we were hustling to promote it you know we wanted to give back to the people that interviewed me and plus we wanted to help get the word out there so that is a big part of it it is i mean now in the same way that there used to be kind of like um old-fashioned media tours when authors would come out with books they would try to get on local television and local radio and the today show if they were lucky right any of Mm -hmm. these things and you know that could have huge impact i mean back in the day if you appeared on the today show as an example as an author, you could move like five or six thousand books yeah. from a single appearance. Mm-hmm. Today, that same appearance, I mean, you'd be lucky if you move five or six hundred books, right? Yeah. So you have to be more creative even as an author and as a business person about getting the word out about what you're doing. A podcast tour is very effective. Yeah. But getting on those those bigger shows is really hard. Well, let's, let's talk about that because um, you and I were talking about that uh-huh. because... That's, you know, and we did lots of, of uh, shows with the book, but now mm-hmm. um, the initial launch is out, but I want to get this book, if you haven't picked it up yet, Scale or Fail. It's a good book. 
um, if you haven't picked it up, run. It's in your your Barnes and Noble or on Amazon. And um, but you want to continue whatever your product or service is, For right? Sure. And so, and you've got the show uh, Reinvention Radio, which yep. is fantastic. And so, what is the best way for people to, you know, to be a guest? Them, yeah, to, get to, to be to, a yeah. guest. So we actually have. So we've got two shows now, and I'm launching a third show. Um, wow! But so we've got Reinvention Radio, which is about people who've reinvented their lives and are doing. You know, they were doing A, now they're doing B, C, D, whatever, and they're changing the world as a result. And then we have Beyond Eight Figures, mm -hmm. which specifically features entrepreneurs who have either exited for more than 10 million or currently run businesses that gross more than 10 million. And of course, they share their strategies for starting and scaling and yeah. in some cases exiting. So number one is you really got to figure out which shows you want to target, right? Like, of course, you got to listen to the shows and you got to do your homework. I mean, if you're, if you're looking for business shows to be on, mm -hmm. The first thing that you want to do is, of course, go to iTunes and just type in business right. as a search term or whatever your topic of influence would be, that two, three, four word description of what you do, and find relevant shows. But you, you have to listen to those shows. A lot of those shows don't do interviews. A lot of those shows only interview like A-list celebrities, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to do your homework, make sure right. that it's the right, because if you pitch a show that doesn't do interviews, you end up looking really dumb. And there's a yeah, lot of shows that's true. that don't even do interviews. Yeah. And then there's shows that, you know, just let's just say they release one episode a week. Right. And all of their guests are like A-list celebrities. You know, the odds of you breaking into that, not, not so good. So number one, you got to do your homework. Number two, though, I wholeheartedly believe that the real, that the, and yes, you can hire a PR firm and that sort of thing, and they might get you booked on some shows, but those are crazy expensive for most mere mortals. Yeah. But you can get booked on shows if you have real relationships with the influencers. Right. Like that's to me where it all begins. Yeah. Is figure out what their currency is. I mean, before the show, you were like, Let, I want to get on more shows. Should I, you know, we're thinking about sending everybody a book and just giving them this gift and this, that, and the other. And in my mind, I'm thinking, that's not a gift. That's a burden. Like yeah. you're sending me a book. Now I have a homework assignment. Oh, that's like, true. Like I have to read this book. I've got a million things going on. You sent me this book. And unless I know you right. and I really already like you or someone has already told me about the book, it's probably going to end up in the round file. Yeah. Right? Because it feels overwhelming. It feels overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Right? So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we do the New Media Summit where we bring in 40 top podcasters and we give people the chance over the course of three days to meet them, develop real relationships with them, yeah. and then pitch them on who they are and what they do, so they literally get booked on the and spot. And you've got to come to Steve's event for event, that. For sure. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that that's the biggest difference. I mean, we just released our ultimate directory of podcasters, and the new version of it, because we re-release it all the time, uh, updated versions. And we spend the first, I spend the first three pages telling people don't email, because we give them their, the contact information, like all the details about the show, and even the email address, like of all these 670 right. top podcasters. And I spend three pages telling them why they don't want to email them. Okay. Because they're not here's ready. Here's the email. Don't email. Right. Here's right. the email address. Don't use it. Not yet. Because you're right. not ready. Because part of what you really got to think about doing is identifying what I would call and what Dr. Phil calls the currency yes. of that particular podcaster whose show you want to be on. They always have something that they're working on. Like if you have a live event and I approached you and I said, you know, Allison, I'd love to promote you to my audience. I'd love to have you 
you know, do X, Y, or Z. I think I can probably get 10 to 20 people to go to your event. You're going to be like, cool, I'll invest, you know, 30 minutes in an interview or, or sit down right. with you for your blog or whatever. Maybe they have a charity that they support. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this, a lot of those influencers put on live events, right? Mm -hmm. Go to that live event, meet them, enroll in their products, programs, or services. We know the people that enroll in our mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of them have half day VIP days, full day VIP days. I mean, you wanna to get to know someone, right? invest in them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just like you're coming in you know, with your hand out and our show is not a big show. I mean, reinvention radio is not a massive show. Beyond Eight Figures, not a massive show. We get probably a hundred applications. Yeah, we a do month, too a for month this show as well. For our show, it yeah. is, we're not, you know, we're not Joe Rogan. So yeah. if, if we get a hundred applications a month, yeah, I can I can't even fathom how many Joe Rogan gets for his show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, stay, uh, it really is about building the relationships exactly. and that's why I launched this show in the first place and been able to meet amazing people like you. Absolutely. Yeah. You I know? mean, having your own platform, that's, and I can't even, I can't even begin to tell you how many people have said yes to being on our shows that like, in my mind, I'm thinking, why did you say, <laughs> like, I mean, like Simon Sinek, shortly after Start With Why I really exploded. He said yes to being a guest on Reinvention Radio. You know, people like Shalene Johnson. I, I, I mean, like the, the who's who of the world when you have your own platform. Yeah. If they have something that is important to them in that moment and they are looking for more eyeballs and eardrums on what they are doing, having your own platform is unbelievably powerful. So, yeah. of course, we encourage people to be guests on shows. Yeah. But you, and, and nowadays, start a really niche show. The yeah. more niche you are, the, the better it's going to be and the easier it's going to be to attract people who are really rock stars in that particular vertical. Yeah. And, you know, there are shows on everything. On everything. Right? It definitely doesn't just have to be about business. It no. Could be... I, I, one, of my, one of my clients, um, this is going back a, a couple of years now, there was a, a woman who I got to know uh, through one of the, the podcasting events that are out there. And we started talking and she was sharing about how her podcast was really suffering. It just, you know, she was putting a lot of time into it. It just wasn't doing much. And we got to talking about just what she's up to and some of the things that she had done. And she had just completed a speaking gig not too long ago. And she was sharing how it was like the best speaking gig that she had ever given. You know, like the, the, the people ran up to her after the talk and like the outpouring of love was just like, amazing and I was like well what were you talking about in that you know in that presentation and she said well I shared for the very first time that in college I had contracted genital herpes and you know I was really embarrassed by that and it's been the stigma that I've carried for all these years and I just I don't know I just felt like I needed to to share that and I shared that in the presentation and there was like huge outpouring of love and I was like you know I got to tell you I don't know if you'll be comfortable doing this but if you created a show that focused on, and what we ended up naming it was Life with Herpes, if you create a show that is that niche specific and are willing to put yourself forward and be authentic and you know, just be really vulnerable, I think you're gonna find a really huge audience because like this, you know, what is it, one in six or one in four, whatever the numbers are, I mean, yeah. whatever it is, it's you know, huge numbers, no one's really talking about it. Yeah. So if you think about that show, so reducing the stigma around it. Reducing the stigma, it. right? Mm -hmm. But if you think about that show, who are the people that are going to be listening to it? Either people who have it 
people who know or love someone that, that does have it or people who work in that industry, right, in that right. vertical. So it's, it's opened up really incredible doors for her. She's become the spokesperson for a product that is in that, in that niche and so on. And, you know, look, obviously this is a, I don't want to call it an extreme example, but it's, it's an interesting example yeah. of the fact that no matter how niche you go, you can really find and build a heck of a tribe. And also, too, was, she was vulnerable. She was vulnerable. And I think that is really the key. And, you know, for me sometimes, because I'm interviewing, so it's, it's all about the guests. So yeah. I do think it's, sometimes it's good to do a show where you don't have guests, like you were talking about that, yeah. where you can really get deeper and have your audience get to know you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, bit. you can obviously do an interview show. But even then, if you have your own show, you can intersperse just what I might call sort of like soapbox episodes which is just you talking about a particular subject so you right. don't have a guest. Or you could do like, uh, like an FAQ show. You know, here's what business owners always ask me about X. So mm-hmm. I want to take 10 minutes now and I want to answer that question because I think this will help you too. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, there's other options as well. I mean, we do ours morning zoo style where it's me and a couple of other co-hosts. And then we bring in guests that join us. So there's lots of different format options. Right. Just be creative. Mm-hmm. You know, what about the people out there listening going, well, I'd love to do it, but I'm, I'm just so scared. Or what if I don't do it right? Technology's overwhelming. What if mm. I say the wrong thing? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and you will. <laughs> I mean, that's, Guess what? You that, will. And that's <laughs> the reality. And some of those episodes that we've had over the years of doing Reinvention Radio and now Beyond Eight Figures, I, I mean, some of our best episodes were the people who were so nervous and who had never been a guest on anything before. Mm-hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive from the standpoint of you don't have to be famous to be a guest on shows. As a matter of fact, we actually prefer when you're not famous. You know, getting the Tim Ferrisses or the Gary Vaynerchuks or the Seth Godins or the Simon Sinek's of the world onto your show. I mean, yes, it's challenging, but at the same token... You know, we know who those people are. We don't need to hear from them any more than we already have. I mean, let's be honest. You know, Tim's all about the hack. Gary's all about the hustle. Seth's all about Mark. Like, we know who these people are and what they stand for. We don't know you, right? And we don't know your story. And, And I will tell you that there are thousands upon thousands of hosts just like me that would much rather feature someone and kind of break the story of someone that the world hasn't heard from mm-hmm. a million times. And we take great pride in being amongst the first to share those stories and break those stories. And so I will tell you that actually in this super medium- Super smart, super cool people that have an incredible story. Absolutely. Yeah, in this medium, it actually works to your detriment if you're super famous, believe it or not. Wow, that's that's pretty, pretty cool. And I mean, just the power of the the impact, I was on Impact Theory. Mm. Uh, That's a good show. Recently for my book, and wow, that was I mean, book sales just totally exploded after yeah. that. Yeah, book. there are there are definitely shows that have tremendous reach, and and I will tell you this that you know even if you've never been a guest on a show before, don't let that stop you from dipping your toe in the water. Yeah, putting yourself out there, you know it it's. It's one of those things where, like, you wouldn't want your first television interview to have been Oprah, right? Yeah. Back in her heyday. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with podcasting. You wouldn't want your first podcast interview to be on one of these massive shows. You want to start with some of the smaller shows. 
Yeah, and, and, and a PR firm will tell you that also. So yeah. before you would get on, let's say, Today Show, they would want you to be on a lot of local networks to Absolutely. practice. Absolutely. So I remember one of my first interviews, I was on a local station, and I didn't know where you were supposed to look. Nobody said anything. So I, <laughs> I was doing like this. <laughs> and then my friend Sam Zion, Sam the cooking guy, he called me, he goes, where were you looking? Uh, you were looking uh, all over uh. the place. So just little things like, you know, looking at you. So, because yeah. sometimes it is a little bit confusing. Yeah. Um, but sure. it's, you know, practice on a smaller audience. Absolutely. So, yeah. well, this is cool. So, um, what, so just best advice, just how to get started. So, be really clear on, number one, your topic of influence, right? Again, the two or three or four word description of what it is that you focus on. So be really clear on that. Create great hooks, if you will, that gets the producers and the hosts' attention. Now, that's easier said than done, but I will tell you that you've got about 30 seconds to pass what my friend Sam Horn calls the eyebrow test, which is if you can't get a, a podcast host or producer to kind of mm, raise their eyebrows and go, hmm, tell me more about that, then you're probably going to end up in, you know, in that round file. So mm -hmm. you've got to have some creative hooks and make it super easy for the podcast host or the producer to understand the value add that you're going to bring to their audience. Because frankly, I mean, you could have the, the best pedigree in the world. We don't care. What we care about is the fact that we've spent years upon years building up our loyal borderline fanatic followings and we want to just add as much value for that audience as we can out of respect for them and being a part of our tribe. So if you can articulate not only of course what that hook is and what that topic would be and maybe two or three or four topics that you can discuss, also include in that pitch what's the value add that you bring to the table in terms of what's the audience going to get out of that appearance, what's the takeaway, what's tangible, what's implementable, etc. And then of course you've just got to get it in the hands of the right people and if you don't have a Media One sheet, um, probably want to have one of those as well, which encapsulates who you are and what you do and testimonials and so on and so forth, uh, literally on one piece of paper, that'll help. Yeah, that's great. And you know, talking about scaling, which is, that's what this show is all about, podcasting is a great way to scale because you're moving that conversation from one to one to one to many. Yeah, yeah, it's a great way to scale for sure. And again, the beautiful thing about being a guest on podcasts is it doesn't cost you anything. If somebody charges you to be a guest on the show, I want you to run quickly in the other direction, oh, right? Oh yeah, oh, we so, have a lot of our clients. I'm like, what? No way. Yeah, yeah. so uh, every lead that you generate, you know, the ROI is exponential. Every dollar that you generate, I mean, the ROI is, is exponential. How, so, do, how does someone monetize a podcast? Um, as a host or as a guest, two different things, but either way, you really just need to make sure that you are bouncing people, that's the operative word, bouncing people, from that platform, from, from that world of podcasting into your ecosystem so that you can have an ongoing conversation with them of course, that means it really starts, and this is like not rocket science because this has been going on for some time. Now, this is a term that I'm sure you're familiar with. But to this day, you still need to have a really good lead magnet. Yeah. Something that people will provide their name and email address to get. Yeah. And it has to be a brain dead simple yes, like this is just an incredible resource. Because again, there's a cost. 
the cost to me as a consumer of providing my name and email address is like, I'm gonna end up on another list. I don't wanna be on another list. Yeah. But like our ultimate directory of podcasters, which has 670 podcasters in it with all of their detailed contact information, it's kind of like a, a good opt-in. That's a good opt-in, yeah. right? So it's kind of mm -hmm. like, e all right, fine. I'll give my name and email address and I can unsubscribe at any time. But you know, because the value is there, then people are really prone to say yes to that. And so you have to have a really great lead magnet. That's what still starts the conversation. I don't care whether you have your own show or your guests on someone else's. You just, you have to get them into your world so you can communicate with them and then introduce them to relevant products, programs, or services that can help them along their journey. Fantastic, and I know you're on the edge of your seat, so we wanna give you, give you the link so that you can get that, but also you have a program profiting from podcasts. Yeah. That's all things, you know, A to Z, every part of podcasting. Can you yeah. share with that, us a little bit about that? Yeah, so profiting from podcasts is sort of the umbrella of it all, and there's really two courses in one. So the core profiting from podcast training teaches people how to land those coveted appearances on leading podcasts. So how to pitch, how to present, and then how to profit. So it takes them through everything from landing those coveted appearances to how to be a great guest, and then how to monetize that visibility. The second piece that we also include is a whole separate course called Launch Your Podcast. So we teach people from start to finish how to make and how to market and how to monetize their own podcast. And so those two courses are under that Profiting from Podcast umbrella. Wow. And then one of the cool things is we actually give folks a ticket to the New Media Summit as well. And that's our one-of-a-kind event that we do twice a year where everyday folks, coaches, authors, speakers, holistic practitioners, business owners, etc., have the chance to come and spend three full days with 100, uh, well, with 40 top, so it's 150 guests spending three full days with 40 top podcasters. And it's the only event where all the attendees take center stage and they get to pitch everyone in attendance, including the podcasters, on who they are and what they do. And they literally get booked on the spot. So we include a ticket to the summit. We include a Media One Sheet, so if you don't have a Media One Sheet, we build that out for you. Wow. The Ultimate Directory and some other bonuses uh, Super, as well. super valuable. So <laughs> where can people, uh, where do they start to get I, all this? I, I mean, look, again, I would wholeheartedly recommend starting with being a guest on a show. No, right? I mean to get your product. Uh, yes, yeah, so, oh, okay. so they should start with getting the Ultimate Directory of Podcasters. Okay, perfect. Yes. Perfect. And so where do they get that? They, where, that's, yeah, right? So uh, best URL, <laughs> let's just do myultimatedirectory.com. So 670 leading podcasters, contact information, the whole nine, myultimatedirectory.com. Myultimatedirectory.com, we'll list that down in the lower thirds here. And this is so fantastic. You got my wheels turning. You're always learning something new because, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but it's changed. It changes changed. all the time, for right? Sure. Yeah. You got to stay on top of everything. So thank you for joining us for the Scale or Fail show. And uh, this was awesome, Steve. Thank so you for having me. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we, if you are interested in learning more about how to scale your business, go to allisonmaslin.com forward slash CEO. You can also, as I said, make sure 
you grab our new book, Scale or Fail. It is endorsed by Barbara Corcoran and Damon John of Shark Tank. And uh, also, you can listen to this show while you are on the treadmill, our audio version on iTunes. We also have a video version as well on all platforms that carry podcasts. So until next time, get out there and elevate yourself because you are worth it. Bye, everybody.